Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Best Scott Beat, episode 12 of The Best Scott Beat. My name is Luke Hatfield and one man I am so happy to see fit and well is in the room with me, Mr. Joseph Massey. Joe, man flu strike you down. Wasn't man flu, mate. Was, was it worse? Was not man flu, it was so much worse. Ah, oh, dear mate, I'm so glad to be here, first and foremost. Ah, oh, mate. I was ill. I was really, really ill. I don't. I've told a lot of people this, and, and I'm going to tell everyone else. People just have to listen. I was so unwell. Um, I cannot. I've never had anything like it before. Um, I had actual flu. Um, Did you think you weren't going to make it at one point? Mate, I've, I've, I've really wondered if I was ever getting out of bed again. Like, <laughs> where the saying that's come from got a touch of the flu. If anyone says that to me ever again, mate, I'm not going to be responsible for my actions. A touch of the <laughs> flu. you got absolutely no idea. Like, the flu is awful. It's awful. Um, I was so unwell. Um, three days. I'm just going to bang on about the flu. Go uh, on. This, this, on, this, Go this on. podcast might as well be an advert for a flu jab. Get a oh, flu yeah. jab. Did you not get one? Didn't get one. I'm oh. getting one from now on, mate. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> um, <clears throat> three days. Three whole days. Um, I didn't eat. And when I said I didn't eat, I did not eat. Nothing passed my lips. I had one bite of toast and was like, no. <sighs> so for three days, I had absolutely nothing. Just every bone in my body ached. I was so unwell. I was so tired. Like, I was just, all I wanted to do was lie in bed in a black room and sleep. I uh, didn't want to go on my phone, didn't want to watch TV, didn't want to go on the iPad or anything. Just literally lay there. Um, my missus was encouraging me to have baths I mean I don't think I've had a bath for 15 years I've just showered like who has baths these <laughs> yeah, days I've, I've, I haven't had a bath in you know, ages you never do it never, who has baths no blokes have baths today no she was trying to say have, a, have the old bath make your muscles feel better I walked the four steps from the bedroom to the bathroom ended up sleeping all through the bath then I walked back to the bedroom ended up sleeping all again that's how much those like four or five steps took it out of me wow I was so unwell. And I had people message me on Twitter saying, oh, you're having a scythe. And people, my mates texted me. Anyone who texts me, anyone who messaged me on Twitter, I just didn't reply to. I was like, you can get stuffed. You can get stuffed. You've got absolutely no idea how unwell I am. Um, so, mate, it was awful. Um, absolutely that, awful. Is it the most unwell you've ever been? It's the most unwell I've ever been, yeah. Um, and then, in one of said baths, just after not eating for three days, on day four, yeah. about halfway through, stood up out the bath and just went... Jesus, I am hungry. I was so hungry. Um, just all hit me all of a sudden. Went downstairs to make myself, like, I was just going to make myself some toast or something. Just yeah. needed food. Like, I needed it that instant. I wanted a squash um, and I wanted food. Yeah. And I was like, I'm still, still at my in-laws in the kitchen. I almost fainted. Oh, just Try, trying, trying, to, trying to make the squash almost fainted. And I, mate, I'm never ill. I'm never, ever ill. But, oh, my God, I was ill. Um <clears throat> So yeah, so anyone who's messaged me about saying I was like taking a mick or whatever, didn't fancy a trip to Plymouth, they've not got a reply. And then I came in on Sunday, I've never been happy to be at work. I was just so happy to be here. Yeah. Just so happy to be able to come here. Um, and then now I'm like 90%, <coughs> got a bit of a cough, see? But I'm like 90% um, back to normal now. All right. My God, I lost half a stone. Some people would be jealous of that, mate. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't. I don't think I've got half a stone to lose. But you definitely haven't. But there got are some people I know who would love to lose half a stone. Um, yeah, but no, oh, mate, horrific. So yeah. that was that's my flu story. You, sh- you should have sold your services to people who needed to lose weight. I should have. Yeah, they could have come. You, people who wanted to lose weight. You should have said, <laughs> "Come round, you'll get this flu. You'll lose half a stone." Yeah, 
You, you should have done. You're going to feel a riff but it's a quick fix, isn't that? It's if you want, it is a if quick you want to lose fix. three stone, yeah, half a stone, but yeah. But no, um, good to have you back, Joe. Thanks, mate. I mean, the listeners won't have understood this because those <clears> who follow <throat> you on Twitter will know, but everyone who just listens to the podcast will be like, what are you on about? He's, he was here last week, he's here this week. No, but I wasn't. But no, no, I wasn't. He was a big miss in the office. So Joe Edwards went to, uh, oh, Joe Edwards went to um, Plymouth for me. You played a blinder there. What a legend he is. I've you, just been to Nando's and bought him a £25 gift card. Did you? Yeah. I felt so bad that Bloody he had hell, to go I'll go to your next away game. <laughs> Couldn't, I felt so bad I mean like if it was Doncaster away or something fair enough but Plymouth I felt awful he's had he's had a bad run of it this, this year had have, you had some of the, have you seen some of his away days he's year? had some shockers hasn't he he went to Sunderland for me yeah yeah because I, I put that week off the replay I think he took <clears> Matt, um, I think Matt Mayer was meant to be going to one place and he ended Brighton. up taking that oh yeah He's I'll, had a hell of a run I'll tell you what he's, he's had a lot of driving around put it that way and I don't know if you saw in the game there was a leak and it only leaked on him. Imagine if that was you when you like, were unwell. Only oh him. God. Like, unbelievable. I was speaking to people at Walsall today and they were like, no, no, everyone was fine apart from Joe Edwards. Like, the roof just like, I don't know what happened, but he got drenched and he put a tweet out saying, there's been a roof leak in the roof. I'm drenched. What the hell? And when I saw that, I was just like, oh my God, I've got to buy him something. It's absolutely awful. I felt so bad. Tell you what, you, him and his missus can go to Nando's for 25 That's quid. That's why I did now. it. That's why I did it. For 25 quid at Nando's, you can get two meals, can't you? Yeah, half chicken. What's that? Like, you know, 13 12, quid? 9, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, not bad, that. Not bad. Yeah, so good, yeah. Good friend you are, mate. Good It'll friend. It'll be all right. It'll be uh, all right. As long as I don't catch a flu off you, I'll be happy. Um, <coughs> you won't. All right, let's, let's talk about some of the football, shall we? Because there was one game that you were at, um, Warsaw 3, Gillingham 0, and the Cookie Monster with an absolute. I mean, what a performance. What a performance. Yeah, the cookie monster, um, as everyone calls him now. Yeah, I mean, I said to Keats afterwards, that, that like, that's the performance they've been threatening um, all along, really. For, mm. I mean, he said it today. He said, um, we saw him this morning, Wednesday. Um, he, it was as good as the perfect away performance. They completely blitzed Gillingham. Gillingham. I think Gillingham had one shot on target. That was in the 76th minute yeah. um, from a substitute. Um, 25 yard I had a bit of swerve on it to be fair but it's never going to beat Liam Roberts um, I mean Walsall was so in control I, I absolutely bossed the game bossed it it was it was so comfortable uh, it was the biggest win of the season it was the most comfortable in terms of goals it was the most comfortable win of the season in terms of performance mm-hmm. um, and it was just everything Walsall were trying to be they were that day it all clicked into place Um Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant performance. And you hoped that was going to be the start of something. Mm. Um, but ultimately, it turned out not to be the case. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a really good showing at Priestfield and a much-needed result over a, a nearby rival in the table, shall we say. Um, I don't know what happened for Cookie's third goal, though. The defending was somewhat suspect. It's not very often you can take the ball down about a yard from goal, swivel and shoot. But... I'll tell you what, he's done the job, hasn't he? He's very good at that, though. He's very good in the box. He's scored a couple of goals now this season where he's turned inside the box. I mean, he has just been such a good sign-in. Um, he's been an absolute revelation. I think, is it 16 goals now? 15 or 16? I think it's 16 he's got now. Uh, 11 goals in the league, I know that. 11 goals in the league. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's difficult. You, it, the thing was, what was... It's not frustrating, but the Gillingham performance was so good. That's almost what I want to talk about. It's, it seems a shame because you don't you don't want to overlook Cook's hat trick. I mean, he scored a hat trick. He was absolutely fantastic, um, and he really was fantastic. But did he get a ten in the player <clears throat> ratings? Didn't have player ratings that day. Oh no! I think I gave him a nine. Um, so Liam Roberts stands as my only ten still. But 
I, re- I mean, I really like Cookie. I like the fact that five seconds after the final whistle of blue, he had the match ball. Mm. No messing about there. He knows what he's doing. He's, going he's probably straight thinking about away. it ten minutes before time. Wasn't he's he? getting that match ball. There is no doubt about that. He's just an absolute goal scorer, and um, and you just think like. He's done so well. He maybe took a little bit of time to adapt um, to League One football after his move in the summer, but he's two divisions up. Um, he's smashing in the goals. I mean, Wolves are basically starting one nil up at the minute. Cook's in such good form. Yeah. Um, I've, um, he's a joy to watch. He's an absolutely joy to watch, and he he's just he is a goal scorer. He is the definition of a goal scorer. He's not the most. He's not the prettiest footballer in the world. Let's be honest. But no. he's good on the ball. He's, he's a much better footballer than people give him credit for. Um, but what he does is he sticks himself about and he puts the ball in the back of the net. Um, and I, I just think he's absolutely fantastic. He will get 20 goals this season. The first striker since Tom Bradshaw to get 20 goals. He might even get more than 20 goals. He said to me he still wants 25. Um, the lad is just... He's, I mean, he's just fantastic. I mean, he must be a bloody <clears throat> nightmare if you're a defender. I mean, can you imagine being a defender and seeing him? Well, I mean, he's a big lad... As you said, better football than people give him credit for. You've got you got to sit there and you got to think. I mean, geez, I've got to deal with this guy for ninety minutes. And that's the thing; it is for ninety minutes. He is not going to give up anything, anything, any any sniff of a goal. He's going for it. Mm. Absolutely, you are on your toes with Cookie every minute of the game, and he scores all different types of goals. That's 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 the wonder. I mean, you think he smashed one in against Middlesbrough from the edge of the box. He got a scruffy one at Gillingham, um, like for the third, didn't he? Just yeah. from two yards out, collecting a throw in. You think of the headers he's got on the end of recently from Jarvis's crosses, from Leahy's crosses. <clears throat> he can turn in the box, turn away from his man, fire him in, bottom corner. I mean, what goals doesn't he score? If he scores an Ostuma 40 yarder, that's it. He's the complete it's, it's, player. It's, I mean, yeah. it's, it's everything. It's everything. He's, <clears throat> I mean, I just can't, I can't sing his praise enough. And what I would say, one thing with him was, there was a stage, you know, at the start of the season where he had a little bit of criticism on social media. I think that. One or two fans messaged him calling him a donkey. He actually tweeted a picture of a donkey um, mm. and then deleted it. Because um, he oh, was. Classic tweet and delete. Yeah, classic tweet and delete. Because I think he was frustrated by the criticism he had. And I think that's, that's, that's what you. With players, like he jumped up two levels. He didn't start badly. He started. He scored in his debut against Plymouth. All right, he, was, he missed the penalty and tapped it in afterwards. But. I think he hit the post in that game as well. He was really unlucky um, at Scunthorpe. I think he hit the post. We hit the bar. Definitely hit the bar. I think he fired one wide as well. But he's a a player who scores more goals in the second half of the season. His career shows that. But I just think like the people who did criticise him at the start of the season, I mean, just give these players time and look what can happen. Because now, I mean, he is as good as anything in League One. As good as anything in League One, and he's play- and he's playing for Walsall, and he- it's absolutely fantastic. It's just honestly, it's just a joy to have him. He- he's that good. He is. <clears throat> I mean, he's been phenomenal. And the social media criticism is something that Keats has addressed quite recently, actually, isn't it? Yeah. He's not been happy with some of the way that his players have been treated on social media, but in this day and age, it's something that it's rightly or wrongly you've kind of got to put up, put up with it, haven't you? You do. I, I, I mean, I didn't know you were bringing this up. Social media thing. I think my views on it are different to a lot of fans I completely agree with Keats mm. um, I completely agree with Keats I think some of the some of the social some of the stuff on social media is absolutely horrific um, I mean if I was a player I wouldn't I wouldn't touch it what I don't understand is there seems to be this sort of con- 
a line among people where it says that they don't they don't see personal abuse. So they, they they throw the word personal abuse in. It's mm. almost as if abuse is okay as long as it's not personal. Well, yeah. well, abuse isn't okay, and I think a lot of people, a lot of people don't. These players are being added in to messages. They are being contacted directly, and um, whether it's being said, "Get out of my football club," or "You're rubbish," and and lot more unpleasant terms this sat in the other it'll say you're rubbish Luke Leahy at Luke Leahy I thought you were going to say at uh, Luke Atfield uh, <laughs> and people will say it's not personal but the, mo- the moment you at a player in the moment you like bring their attention to that tweet you are making it personal um and look, football emotions run high. I get that. Look, Wolves have not defended well for a long time now. I get that. Um, but if you know, people have said some people have pointed to the fact that Keats is very critical of the players after games post match. But he's he's critical in a constructive way. He points out where they've made mistakes, what they're going to have to do better. That and it's his job as well. Let's not forget that he is essentially their boss. He is, yeah, he is. He is. You know, if 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 you or I were acting up, not performing to the level which our boss is deemed necessary. I think we'd get pulled in and we'd have, not not a bollocking, but we'd be told that we need to fix things up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's a good point, that. Yeah, we would be called in, wouldn't we? Yeah, if we kept making we... errors in our copy, we would be hauled in and said, look, come on. Although we would get abuse from the Twitter eye as well. We would get abuse from the Twitter eye as well, but <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. I got real strong. I could talk, to be honest, I could have done a podcast on this for an hour, but for me, the word supporter... The word support in supporter is being lost. Mm. Um, I think... Uh, look, I mean, I, I don't know Luke Leahy that well. I don't know Nicky Devlin that well. I know them. Um, I've spent a lot of time interviewing them. I mean, I don't, I don't know... I only know them on a professional level. I don't know what they're like as... I don't know what their favourite meal is or anything. But they are such good lads. They are such good lads. And even Keats... Keats has been very, very critical of the defence um, and the goals that they've conceded and switching off and people losing their man. And Do you know what? He always says they're giving everything. Mm. He always, always says they are giving everything. Um, and I just think some of the, some of the abuse, uh, forget the term personal abuse, some of the abuse the players are having, uh, have, have received, I think is absolutely um, horrific. I know Luke Leahy did respond to, sp- respond to some um, after the Gillingham game. Can we? What words can we say? Because you've just said bollocks, bollocked. Any, sh- anything but you can't say the S word. You can't say the F word. P right. word's probably okay. Well, I can't say the S word. Yeah. No, right. Well, he put. You could say shizzle. He put. All right. I'll say shizzle. So Leahy put a picture saying your shizzle, Leahy, on Instagram after the Gillingham game, yeah. based in response to the criticism he gets. So, <clears throat> And obviously, it led to an absolute. He got ended up getting. A to- I think he deleted it, and he got got a torrid more abuse. But I can understand why he's why he's lashed out in that way. I mean, he's gone to Gillingham. He's put got two assists, and I don't look. It's absolute. Players have got to take it. Players have got to take stick. They've got to take criticism. That's absolutely fair enough. But I think a lot of it goes too far. Mm. And when people are calling for them to get out of the club, and when people are saying some really horrible things to them, they're your players. They are your players and they are going to be at this club for the rest of the season probably. And do you know what? They're doing their best. They are doing their best. Like they are and they are putting in everything they possibly can. Um, and they've given us they've given moments. Luke Lay, for example, the Coventry game it was absolutely fantastic what he did there. And he's just such a much better player than people give him credit for. Um 
You're looking at your watch telling me to hurry up. But yeah, no, no, no it's just the, I've, um, I've got an Apple Watch, so I get notifications pop through. I just said, message me. But yeah, I, I mean, I agree with Keats. Um, I think he thinks, he, thinks, he thinks it's abuse. I think a lot of people can't see the abuse. I think there's some sort of definition issue there. But I agree with Keats. I think the players have been abused on Twitter. I do think it's gone too far. Um, Does it always come from fans who have been at the games as well? I suppose that's another question because you can have someone on Twitter who hasn't necessarily watched a game. They may have heard from someone who just has an agenda against a certain player, doesn't like them for some reason, and say... He was he was crappy. He was well. I think that happens a lot. You know, I think a lot, especially for away games. Different for home games. I just think, look, say what you want to the players in the stands. Say what you want to them. Just if you think they're absolutely dreadful, if you want them to leave the club, if you whatever you want, whatever you want, say say it in the stands. It's part of the game. It's, it's emotion. It's football. My God, everyone says footballers say a whole host of things in, on the field, don't oh, they? I'd love, to, I'd love to hear them mic'd up. I'd love to hear what they say. It gets like... completely out of hand. But I think. I'd, and I think if you want to go on Twitter and say so-and-so's rubbish or this player's rubbish or that player's rubbish, I think that's absolutely fine. Um, I just don't think at them in. Just don't at them in. Like, they don't need to be, they don't, they don't need to be targeted. Um, and I think what some of Walsall's players have been targeted. Some, and the moment you target them, the moment you at them in, that is personal. Um, everyone seems to be bothered by this personal abuse thing. But I, for me, no abuse there's just, just not say anything, but I think when you target them, when you at them in, is personal abuse. I just, I just, I genuinely wish it would stop, and I wish it would stop on a personal level for them because they are such damn good lads. A lot of them, well, all of them, they're, they're damn good lads, and any, I can promise anyone listening, they are giving their all. Mm. This isn't uh, like a Julian Goy last season who just jacked it in. Like these lads are giving absolutely everything they can. They're coming up short a lot of the time, but they are giving everything for the shirt. Um, and they're, and, they're, and they're doing their absolute best. And I don't think you can ask any more of that. That'd be my one plea. Don't at them in. Yeah. Allow them to ignore it. I think that's what they should be allowed. If they don't want to go on Twitter and if they want to go on Twitter and look at their time feed or whatever, they should be able to do that without having 20 plus notifications where loads of people have added them in. That's, that's what I think. But I think this is coming from experience regarding Bradford. Well, when I was absolutely powered, yeah, yeah. our Bradford fans could do one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I just, I don't know. I mean, look, it's a, it no. I think you've got heart. a good, you've got a good perspective here because you have had it yourself. I mean, because you, you, it's, it's slightly different between me and you. You cover a specific football club. Your job is to report on Walsall Football Club. So I think that when fans aren't happy, sometimes you can become a little bit of a lightning rod on Twitter, as can any club reporter. Um, whereas with myself, because I cover a number of clubs, it's very rare that I think a fan would target me in that respect because. One day I'll be tweeting about Walsall, next day I'll be tweeting about Villa, next day I'll be tweeting about Wolves, West Brom, any any other clubs. So I think yeah. you're speaking from experience and that experience probably does, you know, give people a little bit more insight into um, how it feels to, 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 to almost be target in that respect. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I do get my, I don't get too much stick, I've got to say, but I, like, I, do, I do get it and when I do get it, it's absolutely horrible. But I think what I, the place I am speaking from is... I keep bringing up Luke Leahy as an example, but he is just an example. It's affected a lot of Walsall players, but he's just he's just such a damn good lad. People might not want to hear it. People, he's he's got his critics out there, but I tell you what, he's a smashing lad. He's a really, really, really nice boy, mm. um, and he's doing his best. Um, and it just I, I don't I don't like seeing I don't like seeing the criticism he gets. I really don't. Is he the big scapegoat? Do you think? Because every club's got a scapegoat player. Yeah, I think he is the scapegoat. Actually, um, I do think he's I do think he is the scapegoat. Um, look, well, as I've said a 
countless times Walsall's defence has not been good enough for 18 months now um, they've conceded too many goals that coincides with Luke Leahy's time at the club it coincides with Nicky Devlin's time at the club it coincides with John Guthrie's time at the club the defence needs to improve my god it has to improve but it's so annoying because not, as we said before they're not they're not conceding too many chances mm. they're not defending badly overall they're just letting in the chances they do that, that um, that's, that's the frustrating thing but I do think with Luke, I do think there is that extra, there is that scapegoat element of it. Um, yeah, and it's just a, it's just a real shame because honestly, like, I know I keep saying the same things, but he's just he's a really really good lad. I remember we went to um, the infamous Cassius Camps um, mm. under John Whitney. That was the first time I really met Luke Leahy. That was like a sort of a pre-season thing, and straight away, like I didn't know him at all. Um, but I was watching. I basically, I just had to watch the players for a, three days because I don't. I wasn't climbing up mountains or anything like that. I don't know why they didn't get you doing that. That would make a great video. Feature. Oh, what a collapse, mate! Um, but like, he was the one player that always struck me that he was always offering to carry other people's bags and stuff. Like if mm. they were struggling, if they were going up a hill with a backpack, Luke Leahy would come over and say, um, "Oh, do you want me to carry that for you?" Or like some of the staff were like lugging this stuff around, and Luke Leahy would go over to the staff and say, "Do you need a hand with that?" Yeah. Um, I can't tell you what a good lad he is. He's just such a good lad. And so is Nicky Devlin. I mean, Nicky Devlin is as, is as nice as it gets in terms of footballers. He's just the nicest boy. He's absolutely lovely. Um, and it does it. Well, I'm going on a massive run here, but it, I don't like the abuse they get on Twitter. Yeah. Let's <clears throat> let's move on because we... Move on, I yeah. mean, we were, we were supposed to be just talking about the game, but we've, we've, we've obviously ventured off a little bit. Um, <laughs> the the game which you played a blinder on here, Plymouth 2, also 1, um, a long trip for Joe Edwards, as you said, got soaked. Uh, a long trip for the fans too and it was to watch a defeat which isn't great no um, for, I mean obviously it wasn't the game um, seen the highlights since look I spoke to Keats about it today it's just Walsall isn't it it's just so Walsall it's, they've had two chances um, Plymouth both have come from set plays yeah. I think two players have switched off for the first goal I think another player switched off for the second Keats said today Walsall scored the only good goal in the game Andy Cook again um, Andy Cook again it, or had another chance before that as well Look, the big hope is, and this is a, the big hope, is that Dan Scar is going to come in um, and help change this. Yeah. Um, spoke to him today. He's not your typical Walsall center half. I mean, he is he is a brute of a man. Yeah. Um, he's a big lad. Saw him today. He's got a real, real physical presence about him. You've got to consider <clears throat> where he's come from, I think, though, because he's obviously come from non-league. He was at Stourbridge before moving yeah. on to Blues, of course. And I tell you what, you, you don't mess around at that level. If you're a centre back, you've got to clear clear people out sometimes. Yeah, and I think that's what will happen. I think he did so well at Stourbridge, so so well. I mean, the FA Cup run he was integral to that. He scored some important goals for them. If you look at his CV, I don't know how it could be any better. He's he's come through non-league, done brilliantly well. He's gone to Blues where. They've got into him a bit. He's got that sort of professional football element, that aspect to it, that training side of it. Yeah. He's then gone on alone to Wickham in League Two, done really well there. They speak very highly of him. He's gone back to Blues, done some more professional development work. Now he's come to Walsall. I mean, like, he's literally ticked every box. He's almost got the, I've been through an academy tick. I've been through non-league tick. He's almost yeah. got both. Um, to me, he's everything we need at this moment in time everything we need and I think he will prove to be a very good sign and what I would say is he needs a little bit of time he took him a couple of games to adapt to League 2 level um, for Wickham and I spoke to um, 
his assistant manager when he was at Stourbridge. They signed him from Redditch United, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said it took him like two or three games there just to step up to Stourbridge. It took him a couple of games just to step up to Wickham. And I think give him two or three games, I've got no doubt it'll be good enough. Absolutely no doubt. It'll adapt to the level. Um, and then hopefully Wolves are going to have a, a real monster of a centre-back who can not only head it, head it away and kick it away, but can organise. He can yeah. he can organise Dan Sky. He, took, he was a leader at Stourbridge. So... I think very, very good addition. Yeah, it almost gives you that because you've got Cookie up top, who's obviously a monster of a centre forward, and now you'll have Scar at the back, who is equally imposing as a defender. And I think that'll work out well for Walsall in the respect that toughens them up a little bit. Because there's one thing you say when you're in, when you're in a bit of a relegation fight, which I mean, listening to last the last podcast, it seemed that Paul Marston was quite keen to say we we're in a relegation battle, and you've said it before. Yeah, in a relegation battle, you need characters like that who are just going to pull pull up their sleeves and just get on with it. And someone like that, it's almost ideal. Yeah, and they're in a relegation battle. They're four points off off the relegation zone. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, they're not far off tenth either, um, and that is the way they are looking at it. That's what keeps it today. A couple of wins. I mean, the fixture list is mental. They mm. have got some really winnable games coming up against teams below them in the table, especially at home, that is, particularly at home. Um, there's no reason why they can't go on a run, get up into that sort of 10th, 12th position and end, end sort of any, any talk of relegation. But at this moment in time, they're absolutely in a relegation scrap. And the game against Rochdale on Saturday is absolutely massive. That's it. And just last touch on that Plymouth game. I mean, as you said, um, side in and around Warsaw, defeat is not ideal. You don't want to be losing those games too often, do you? No, it's just bizarre Plymouth as well. Like They just do it every year. They're rubbish in the first half of the season and sometimes somehow find playoff form after Christmas. They're on a good run. Um, yeah, but it's, it's like we said, they, two, they've had two chances. They've had two chances. Um, same at Scunthorpe at home a couple of weeks ago. Two chances. Gillingham didn't have a chance. Wolves yeah. managed to win that game. I mean, Wolves, they're not, they're not conceding a lot of chances. Teams aren't aren't carving them open. Keats is really keen to stress that. Overall, they're not defending too badly. Liam Roberts isn't making loads of saves. Um, just got to hope now. I think Dan Scar will start on Saturday. Yeah. Um, and I'd like to think, hopefully, his introduction in the team will coincide with a, lot, a, a bigger improvement on the defensive record rather than the actual displays. It's the record that needs improvement. They need to stop conceding these goals. Mm. All right, let's play a little bit of hot and not, Joe. Don't know oh, if you're. Okay. If you, don't know if you know what this is. I don't know is. if we had a game. No, no, it's, it's not really a game. It's, it's it's more of I give you three points which are hot, meaning they're good, and three points which are not, meaning they're bad, and then we just discuss them a little bit. Okay. All right. Yeah. So the first one, I mean, <laughs> kind of discussed him a fair bit already, but Andy Cook, um, as I said, eleven goals, two assists in a league this season. How many goals does he finish with, Joe? I will say he'll finish with something like twenty-three. 23 goals in all competitions yeah who, who was the last striker to do that well Bradshaw was the last to get 20 um, I don't I don't know I wouldn't know who was the last end to get anywhere near 23 um, I mean it represented a great piece of business though yeah oh my god he's just been absolutely fantastic and um, we've said it before on the podcast but let's not forget that Salford offered him more money in the summer yeah. he was offered more money to go and play for Salford he turned him down because he wanted to be in League One he wanted to come to Walsall Um just get him on a new deal. That's the only thing we can say is sign the lad up. Because, is that the worry now? Ah, oh, of course it is. It, it, look, of course it is. There's absolutely 
no doubt about it, clubs are looking at Andy Cook now. I've not had that from anyone at Walsall. I'm not saying there's a bid imminent. I'm not saying anything like that. There is, you don't do what he's done and not get interest. Mm. Um, I mean, look, to put it into perspective, I don't, I don't, like, it sounds critical, but look, Amabakayoko had a lot of interest. Yeah. He had a lot of interest. And he hasn't done anything that Cook's done. Um, so if you think Bakayoko's got a lot of interest, I mean, look, Bakayoko is all about potential and development. I understand that. But people are looking at Andy Cook now. There is no doubt about it. You do not score his goals and not get interest. Mm. Um, <clears throat> there's no way in a million years he'll leave this January. I hope that's not famous last words. <laughs> um, but he will not. I mean, there'd be an absolute riot. Wolves will know that. There's no way in a million years they could sell him this month. I mean, it would just be people that... It'd be a march on the banks. There's just... There's absolutely no... It'd be Scott Dan and, and Fox all over again. They just could not do it. Um, in the summer, look, bids are going to be made. There's no doubt about it. Fingers crossed. They sign him to a new deal and they at least get 18 months out of him. Um, could he do a job in the championship, you reckon, now? I don't know. I'd, maybe, maybe, yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, if you give him... if you Feed the cookie monster and he'll score. It's, <laughs> it, it's as simple as that. Like It, it, it really is. I, I just... He's just a goal scorer. Now I'm repeating myself, but he will stick the ball in the net. He just will, and he'll. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't. He'll bundle it in from two yards. He'll. 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 He'll fire it in low from eight yards. It, it, he will get you goals. Whoever he plays for, he will score goals for. Um, but look, wages in League One are on the rise. Yeah. They are really, really on the rise. If you think what the likes of Sunderland are paying, look, Ipswich are going down, aren't they? Um, yeah, in the like championship, it. but they're going to be paying. Seven, eight grand a week to players. Yeah. Um, if if Ipswich went down, would they want Andy Cook? Um, probably. Um, he's going to probably get him twenty goals next season. So it's going to be interesting. Him. Just, I mean, it's a plea, really. Just get him on the best deal Walsall can possibly get him. Sign him up now. Get him on another year. Because um, I honestly believe, as long as Andy Cook is at Walsall, Andy Cook will score goals. He's just. He's been a brilliant, brilliant signer. Yeah, certainly <clears throat> has. One not. Um, Kieran Morris. Oh, Kieran. It's not good I to see him. Not, see, not good to see him go um, for you anyway. And some people on Twitter, social <clears throat> media were reacting to it. I mean, it's not one which wasn't fully expected. I think we kind of knew that he was looking elsewhere and a move could happen. But it's still a shame to see him go. Massive shame, yeah. Um We've got time to tell some Kieran Morris stories. Of course we do, of course we um, do. Kieran Morris, what, I mean, look, he is lovely. He's absolutely lovely, Kieran. Um, never going to go on Mastermind. Um, <laughs> he's just not going to go on Mastermind, Kieran. He's not the brightest spark in the box, and I mean that in the nicest possible way. He's such a happy, bubbly, lovely character. Really nice to be around. Um, <clears throat> got some hilarious Kieran Morris stories. Oh, come that, on, hit, hit, that, hit, the peep, hit the peeps. Everyone wants to know now. I was told, I was, I was basically stood me, Dean Keats and Kieran Morris talking about Kieran Morris. Kieran Morris was there. He was happy to. He was happy for his stories to be told. When he was a youngster, Kieran Morris, that Walsall had some sort of agreement with some team in Iceland, right? Okay. I mean, uh, that's how all good stories start. That's how all good stories start. Kieran goes to the airport in his Walsall joggers and polo shirt. Yeah. Takes his backpack. In it, he's got a jumper. Right. <laughs> Gets on the plane to Iceland. Flies out. This is a true story. I can't emphasise this enough. This is a true story. Okay. Um, gets off the plane in Iceland in his T-shirt. And there's snow everywhere. Because it's Iceland. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he rings Dan Moll, the club secretary. And goes, from Iceland. <laughs> from Iceland. And goes, Dan, I'm in Iceland. There's snow everywhere. And Dan Moll goes... 
what do you expect? The clues in the title of the, of the, of the country. Kieran goes, I've not brought a coat. <laughs> That's, fair, I mean, fair play to him for ringing up and asking. I mean, saying, saying, oh, am I, am I in the right place? <laughs> Kieran didn't last long in Iceland. How long Bless, was he there for? Oh, days. It was supposed to be a while, but he came back. Uh, Iceland's not for Kieran Morris. Um, <clears throat> next Kieran Morris story. Oh, there's more than one. Oh, there's this more is, than this one. This is great. Um, went on loan to Wrexham. At Wrexham, they've got like a communal house where okay. they put in loan players. Yeah. Um, so basically, you have to clean your own room, yeah, your bedroom or whatever. Yeah. And then you're on a rotor to clean the communal areas. Ah, right, okay. Came round to Kieran's turn to clean the communal areas. The other players told him he had to clean the drive. The drive? The drive. So Kieran went out with a Henry Hoover and Hoover oh, the drive. Oh, no, no, he didn't. He <laughs> no, did. he didn't. He did, he did. <laughs> no way, no way did he Hoover a drive. He Hoovered a drive. <clears throat> Apparently, there's video evidence of it on, on YouTube or something, but I can't find it. I have looked for it. But I lo- what I love about Kieran is he was stood, we were just telling these stories, and he's just sat, stood there and going, Yeah, yeah, I did that. Yeah, yeah, I did that. I did do that. Yeah, over the drive. Yeah, yeah, over the drive. Um, how, how do you Hoover? Surely you've got to sit there and think to yourself for a second, <laughs> One minute. <laughs> this is an outdoor area. I don't need to be using a Hoover here. No, bless him. Bless him. Um, oh, it's brilliant. But like, what, like I say, lovely lad. Um, Always enjoyed interviewing him. He always asked, like, at, every, at the end of every interview, if he'd done okay. He was like, was that okay? Was that okay? Was that interview all right? And Did I'm you like, ever say no? I was like, no, Kieran. Like, he was, because he was, he was really good. He was good to speak to. Um, but look, in terms of the serious stuff, in terms of the football stuff, look, he's a cracking winger. He's got so much potential. He's got goals in him. He doesn't, look, Keats, for Keats, he's just not Keats' player. It's as simple as that. Keats, yeah. that's the way football goes. Some managers want you, some managers don't. I'd, he couldn't have done any more this season to be part of Keats's plans, to be fair to Kieran mm. Morris. Like, he scored five goals. That's a career best um, for him. But he's been in and out of the team all season. He's always been on the periphery. Um, he's always been behind other wingers. He was behind Josh Janelli, behind Elias Mao. He was then behind Matt Jarvis. Look, Nicky Devlin's played on the right wing last couple of weeks ahead of mm. Kieran. Um, so, look, he's, it's obvious Keats, he's not part of Keats's long-term plans. I, I really hope he goes and tears up League Two. Yeah. I really, really do. Because um, he, he is a lovely he is a lovely lad. Um, and he's, he's, a, he's a talented footballer. He really is. Mm. Uh, back to the Hots. Deadline day tomorrow. Yeah. Everyone loves a bit of deadline day, mate. Yeah, yeah. Are we seeing any business? Hope so. Uh, so we've got a story on the website today um, from Keats this morning saying they're still working on one or two. Um, we think they're wing, a winger and a striker, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Mm. Um, but yeah, as, I mean, look, it's, every deadline day with Walsall the last couple of years has been absolutely mental. Um, they always go late. They always go right to the wire. Um, I don't like them going late. I don't like them going right to the wire. Last season they went late and we ended up with Julian and Goy and Justin Scheibu. Disaster. When uh, was it, when was Bylick? Was that a late deal? Bylick, I think... I, I can't remember if Bylick was on... the actual deadline day or not he might have been though I reckon it's, B was you know I think he was I think he was because I remember you coming over and you said Luke Luke we got we got a deadline day sign and I was like alright oh, okay hit me with it and you're like Christian Bylock and I was like who 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 um, he did really well at Blues he's a hell of a player you know, he Bylick. did great at Walsall that guy yeah. oh yeah no, that's what I mean it's desperate isn't it um, it's desperate it's panic panic that's buys it, yeah. it's it, panic it, buys it does scream of that when <laughs> it does you scream do, of when panic you, I mean the, the issue is with deadline day is <laughs> a lot of the time <laughs> Clubs have to wait for dominoes to fall, and it can end up being that late. But sometimes you look at you look at some deals, and you thought, 
my god, that looks like it's been rushed. Yeah. Bilek, the prime example. Yeah. Julian and Goy, really, uh, prime example. Justin Scheibe. <clears throat> That's the thing that you don't want you. Yeah, the later it goes, the more element of desperation there is in the signings. I mean, fingers crossed that these are just deals that have been lined up for a long time and the other clubs do need to sort of get their, get their ducks in order. That's what you're saying. That right, yeah. Line up your ducks, is that right? That's it. Um, Matt Wilson's always saying that. Um, and if that's the case, then absolutely fine. That's brilliant. That's, that's, as long as Keats gets the players he wants to get bring in. But yeah, I mean, I've said it before. Last January, the team, the second half of the... The team in the second half of last season was weaker than the team in the first half of the season. Um, Tyler Roberts, Elias Smile, James Wilson, um, they weren't replaced in January. The, the replacements were not as good. Um, but I think Wolves will have strength in this, this month so far. Um, I really do. I really think Laird, I think Cameron Norman and Dan Scar, they're very good signings. Matt Jarvis, obviously, a great signing. So with, a, with um, a, another striker, hopefully, or another winger, then fingers crossed, yeah, it will be a good month. All right, <clears> last, <throat> last not. Um, one win in nine. Mm. It's, it's a bit worrying, that, that stat. <laughs> it's a bit worrying, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's bloody worrying, mate, yeah. Um, it really is. One win in nine. It, it's amazing, because it is, like, just repeating ourselves, but it is as simple as cutting out these goals. If they pick up the the points the performances deserve, mm. they'll be absolutely fine. Um, but how long have we been saying that for? It's been going on for absolutely ages. Yeah. Um, pinning a lot on Dan Scar. I really think he can be a, make a big difference. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, one win in nine, not, not good enough at all. Um, mm. Relegation form, obviously. Um, <clears throat> so, fingers crossed. Get a win at Rochdale against Rochdale. And then you could look at it and say it's two wins in three. Yeah, um, you can always twist these. You can always twist them, right. yeah. But they've got a massive opportunity now to turn things around and turn the form table around, and they just they just got to go out and do it. As simple as that. Yeah, and we'll get onto that that upcoming fixture list uh, in the preview toward the end of the episode. Um, let's go on to questions, and the first one you will absolutely love from former Warsaw man, uh, Mr. Ash Wilkinson. Is it right for journalists to duck out of lengthy away trips because of a minor cold? Minor cold, you've got no idea, my friend. Absolutely no idea. Ash Wilkinson is. I think he's. He's already messaged me on Twitter about this. He hasn't got a reply, and he won't be getting a reply to that message either. So I love Ash Wilkinson. I hope he's very well. He's just having a baby. I hope everything's all right and he's doing well. But no. At, at Burton now, right? At Burton now. Anyone who questions my illness, I'm ignoring you. Ignoring you, apart Simple from that, that response on the podcast. So if you are listening, Ash, there you go. Um, Chris <clears throat> asks. I would I would add to this has said individual stockpiled on cold medicine to stop future in, instances in case of a Brexit shortage. I didn't have to take any medicine actually. You didn't take any. No, I didn't take Fair any. Fair play no. to you. Gone. You've gone non-medicated there. Yeah. No drugs. No, I don't really like. I don't think it. May, I always feel like it doesn't. Like it just eases the symptoms slightly, I, and I then your body won't treat, fight it, it, it as much. Tr- it only treats the symptoms, doesn't it? Yeah, it doesn't treat the actual problem. Yeah, I was like, oh, I'm not really one for tablets. I'm not yeah. being a hero there. I just didn't take it. I wasn't bothered. Yeah, you, you've been a little bit of a hero, but I see where you're coming from. Ride it out, Robert Dern, Cook and Jarvis. Name a more iconic duo. <laughs> Cook and Jarvis. Name a more iconic duo. <clears throat> um, Nicky Devlin and Scott Laird. I'm hoping that like I don't I don't want to forget Jason McCarthy. I don't want that. I don't you want love that, Jason McCarthy. I don't want that Jason McCarthy Scott Laird bromance to end. But I really want a Nicky Devlin Scott Laird bromance. That would make me so happy. Yeah, that would make me so happy. That would be good. They are so nice. Yeah. They're just great human beings. 
So if we could have like a Nicky Devlin, Scott Laird bromance, ah, oh, that would make me so happy. Nick Pritchard asks, whatever happened to the offer from Stoke to loan us a couple of players following the Corey Roberts injury? Uh, yeah, that one went quite, quite quickly, <laughs> didn't it? Yeah, well, on that, I can't. Harry Suter is signed for someone today. I don't know who it is. Oh, Fleetwood. Is it Fleetwood? I don't know. Um, I just saw it on Twitter earlier. And Ryan Sweeney, I think, has gone to Mansfield. Um, look, I think the bottom line is, I think the options were there. I don't think Keats wanted them. Um, I don't. I just don't think he. I, just, I don't think he wanted those particular players. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the simple. I think it's as simple as that. Uh, I think they could definitely have had them if they wanted them, but Keats has decided against it. I do think that I'm a big John Guthrie fan. He, his form has dipped, mm. um, but at the start of the season, I thought he was absolutely outstanding. Um, and I'd rather I'd rather have Dan Scar. That either one of those Stoke lads, yeah, um, and I don't think Connor, Connor Johnson is an okay understudy. Like he's done well when he's played. So unless I'm, I'd rather have permanence than Stoke loanees. Um, so for that reason, I'm pleased that Scars come in. I suppose that the other thing is as well because the club have said we'll try and help you out. It doesn't exactly scream. I really want the move to Warsaw from the player, does it? Because it almost feels like they've been shoveled over there as a favour, as opposed to they see it as an ideal place for them to develop as a footballer. Yeah, 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 yeah. I suppose. I mean, look, they've got moves to one's gone to League One, one's gone to League Two. I'm sure they would have wanted to come to like they would have been interested in coming to Warsaw. But at the end of the day, Keats has got to want them, hasn't he? They could have unless they weren't they weren't giving him like Ashley Williams or something like that. They were giving him two kids. Ryan Shawcross. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, but they were giving him lads that. We're always going out on loan to League One or League Two clubs anyway. So should, Keats should have asked for Joe yeah. Allen. Yeah, he'd have done all right, wouldn't they? Yeah, should have yeah. got Crouch, Keats, and Crouch, and mates. Oh, imagine Cook and Crouch up front. Cook and Crouch, mate, in League One, they oh would rip my it up. God. He's gone to Burnley, I think. He's going to Burnley now. Crouch, oh, crazy, crazy. <clears throat> uh, up the Saddlers, do you feel Kieran Morris's departure was the best move for all parties? Uh yeah, I suppose. I'm disappointed he's gone. Um, I am disappointed he's gone. Um, but look, he's not in Keats's plans. He's got to play. Um, so it probably it is best, really, isn't it, for all parties? Um, You'd imagine so. Yeah, I think Tramway have got a really good sign in there. Um, they're <coughs> just outside the playoffs in League Two. If he can add a few goals and assists for them, they're going to be pushing right into that top six. So it's, it's a good it's a good move for everyone. Um, it's just a shame, like, because he. He's been at the club for such a long time. He's come through the youth ranks. Like, he's sort of the last... Like him and Adam Chambers are the last, like, players from the Smith era. And yeah. It's, it, it's sad to, I'm sad to see him go. Like, he he has stuck it at Walsall for a long time. And not many players stay at clubs for a long time now. And Kieran has been there for a long time. But that's it now. He's out of contract in the summer. He's gone on loan now. So I think we can safely say his Walsall career is over. Yeah. Um, Keith Thomas, he's coming with three questions on the bounce. Go on. He's keen. Um, the first one, do you think we've moved forward since the Whitney days? Yeah, this was our question was on the last podcast. I do. Yeah, I do. Um, look, league table and points would suggest otherwise. I've always said it. Walsall under their best under Dean Keats has been a hell of a lot better than Walsall under their best under Whitney. Like, I don't want to... I hate hammering John Whitney. I, I don't want to do that. I really like the guy. Um, but look, for me, I, I always struggle to see what Whitney's plan was. Um Keats, you can see his plan. Yeah. When it, when it's clicked, you you get it. You can see what they're about. There's a very very clear team identity, a clean a clear system. It it does work. It, there is a clear system there, and it, and it does work if they cut out mistakes. Um, 
players have had the chance to cut out the mistakes they haven't done it look he's made big changes this month he's making changes Keats. there'll be more changes in the summer there is that structure there that system that formation those tactics I think they can be moved forward with mm. even if it isn't with these players so to me there is progress there's, to be honest there's quite there's a, there's a, there's a lot of progress mm. um, even if that doesn't tally exactly with the league table and the, and the points tally yeah, uh, Keith Thomas followed that with name names of potential signings before the deadline. Make them up if you have to, to if only to give me hope for the next 24 hours. Um, we're not really in the uh, the market of just pulling names out of the air. There is one name that I can't write, but I could get away with saying on the podcast probably. Really? From our, we've heard on a great, it might be absolutely nothing in it. Okay. We've heard there's been an interest in Donovan Wilson at Wolves. Ah. Based on the fact that we are on this patch. Um, look, he's a young lad. He, what's their Spanish side called? They Jamia B. Jamia B. Yeah. So basically, I think he had a loan at Port Vale last season. Didn't do that. Did okay, not great in terms of goals. Um, went to Jamia B this season. I think he's their top scorer. Um, very. Like, I'm not going to lie. That Jamia B level of football isn't exactly. Is it not great? I mean, if someone goes and top scores in that league, I'm not thinking let's sign him up straight away. No. No, but maybe I'm doing it a disservice. Tim Spears likes this Donovan Wilson. Look, it might be absolutely nonsense. There might be absolutely nothing in there, but you want a name, I'm giving you a name, um, but this, I would never write it. So that's yeah. how strong it is. I wouldn't write it. I'm not willing to put it in the paper um, or do a video on it or anything like that. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a link, but... Um, is far from a strong link. Okay, there you go, Keith. And he finally asks as well, what's happened to George Dobson? Looks one of the best midfielders in this league early season. Looks mile off, miles off that form now. Um, wouldn't say looks miles off. Um, what I would say is, I think Keith summed it up actually quite nicely when he said you got... We talked on the last podcast about the age of the squad, about the experience of the squad in League One. I, I, I'll make the point again. Joe Edwards and Adam Chambers, two years ago, they're the only players playing League One football. The only players playing League One football in that squad. Everyone else was in youth football or non-league. Um, I just think Dobson, I don't think he's been as that far off it at all. I think he always gives you a minimum six or seven out of ten. But he is in uncharted water, as Keats would say. He has now, he's had that brilliant first half of the season. Perhaps he's a little bit little bit of burnout. He's never been here before. He's never played 20-25 games and had to keep going. Yeah. Um, and I think that is maybe the position he's in. Just needs a little bit of a rest, a little bit of a breather. Um, and fingers crossed, last 10-15 games, he will be back to the player he was at the start of the season because, wow, he was absolutely brilliant. Fingers crossed. <clears throat> um, Lee Reynolds, does the board's desire and ambition for championship football tally with the transfer funds available and wage structure? Great question. Um, absolute great question. Wish it was asked at the fan focus meeting. Annoyingly, it was asked at the fan focus meeting, but and I don't mean, mean it's no disrespect to the guy who said it, but you, what you find at these meetings is people don't know how to ask questions. They just talk for minutes, yeah. talking about their life as a Walsall fan and what they've done there, there and everywhere. And they sort of say a question and it gets lost in everything else that is being said. And that question was asked in a five minute dialogue. Look, <clears throat> It's, a, it's the one question I wanted answered. Look, the, bu- the budget's bottom four. Yeah. Um, it's not the lowest in the division, but look, Accrington Stanley's is going to be the lowest in the division. So there's no, that's, I mean, there's no point jumping from the rooftop so it's not the lowest in the division because it's relegation zone, um, is my understanding. Um, bottom six, definitely. 
They say they want to get into the championship. Can you like? But they're not. They're not really giving them the money to do it. Mm. Um, I think there will be a policy change next season. I think a lot. There's there was a there was an emphasis at the fan focus meeting where they said they want they only want players who are affecting Saturday. That was their term. So for example, you've got the likes of I don't know anything. I'm only reading into this, but you've got the likes of Maz Kuya, Tobias Hales, Doherty, Jordan Sanger, Mitch Candelin, um, Dan Van, Callum Cockrell, Mollett. All these young players who are on X amount a week, mm. they are not affecting Saturday if for Walsall. And I think, let's say one of them is on 300 quid a week. I think there's every chance they will be released. Yeah. And that 300 quid a week will go towards paying someone more money in the summer. So suddenly people may be paying... 2,900 a week 2,800 a week instead of 2,500 mm-hmm. it'll just make them a bit more competitive that's the way I see them going next season from what I've heard that's the plan for next season so I think the budget will be more competitive next season but only because they'll have less players they will carry less players um, but look that's a big big issue it's a big big issue and um, the budget in my opinion is not good enough it's not fair Keats is operating between with one hand when I'm tied behind his back, so that I mean, if I if I ever sit down with Stephen Gamble or or Dan Mullen in the near future, that genuinely that'll be the first question I ask. Mm. Let's talk about that fan focus meeting then, Joe, because um, <coughs> you you were there. Um, I hauled myself out of bed for that, by the way. I mean, I saw some of your tweets, mate. You looked like you were struggling, like an absolute hero. Yeah. Um, what were the, what were the big talking points, Joe? Because with these things, you do, as you said, you do tend to get a lot of stuff diluted in with them. But what were the big, big talking points? The main talking point was um, <clears throat> was what I've said about the, fu- <clears throat> the young players there. Look, this affecting it on a Saturday. They want a squad that basically they want the squad to affect the Saturday. They don't don't want to be carrying players anymore. The big thing for me, what I based my story on after the meeting was, Jeff is a willing seller but not an active seller, um, <clears throat> which I thought was very, very interesting. I've been under the assumption that Jeff is keen to leave, he's keen to sell up. I mean, he wants a fair old whack for it, mm. but if he got that whack, he'd be very happy to move on. I don't know if that's the case anymore. I don't know if I can say that with any confidence. Like, I mean, well, he's just happy with the club, but sitting there not doing anything. Does he just love it? I think he probably just loves it. I think he loves being chairman of Walsall Football Club. He gets a hell of a lot of stick. He gets a hell of a lot of abuse. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, look, he's he's not actively looking to sell. That is, you the, they said at the focus me, and he will sit down with anyone who is genuinely interested in buying the club, but there is no one at Walsall Football Club who is going out and looking for a new owner. They are mm. not going out and looking for, um, for that. So that was the headline for me. Disappointing. I mean, like whatever your opinions on Jeff, he's been the most successful chairman in Walsall's history. There's no doubt about that. One fan at the Focus meeting said it really, really wow. He said they've got no problem with Jeff the chairman. The problem is with Jeff the owner. Like in terms of how the club is run, that is fine. But in terms of investment... I said that on the last podcast. Like it's almost like he sat at a table playing a game where he's not rolling the dice. Like he's just not. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he's just not investing enough for me. Um, but yeah, that was the headline for me. Jeff not not actively looking to sell, which I think for a lot of fans, a lot of fans would be disappointed about that. Yeah, I mean, how did how did the big names come across in in the meeting, Joe? Um, obviously, you've got some big names there in terms of the big wigs. How did they come across? Yeah, always great. I mean, look. The one thing about Stefan Gamble and Dan Moll, no one can question their commitment um, mm. and how hard they work. They, I mean, they literally work around the clock. Dan, like, they're, they're, they're the truth is that Walsall, 
There is no middle management. It is, it is, it is people who are paid not a lot of money um, in their jobs. And there's Dan Molden, Stephen Gamble, and Jeff, and that's it. I mean, there's, there's like, and Stephen Gamble and Dan Molden are hardly like massively well paid. I mean, they could, I'm sure they could earn a lot more money at other clubs. So. They do. I mean, Dan Moore and Stephen Gamble do the work of about four or five people. They, yeah. I mean, they are doing literally everything. They, and, and in terms of how well run the club is, it is well run. They do a fantastic job. There's never any mistakes. There's never any errors Like in terms of that side of things, in terms of the football administration of the club. Um, and they are employees. They're employees like everyone else. Like They, they do not call the shots. Um, Jeff Bonser calls a shot so I think everyone came away from it thinking do you know what Stefan Gamble's a good bloke Dan Moll's a good bloke they're both doing their absolute best for Walsall Football Club there's no doubt about that they are just as Keats is hamstrung with the budget they are hamstrung with it as well that's mm. why they're having these meetings about how many players they can have next season and bits and bobs like that they're, they're doing their best to give they're doing everything they can to give Keats a fighting chance um, and I think the vast majority of people understand that look what I f- Dan Mole and Stefan Gamble got some criticism from that meeting. From the criticism I could see, it was for people not at the meeting. Yeah. Um, I think people at the meeting came away thinking everything was explained. Look, it's not how we want it. What we want is a new owner who's going to invest millions and millions of pounds and make Walsall really competitive. But the situation is Jeff Bonds is Walsall chairman and everyone at, everyone at Walsall's doing their best. Um, but But... They are they are hamstrung by the budget. Yeah, it's a shame that. All right, let's talk about the fixtures coming up, Joe, uh, and a match preview. <laughs> so um, Rochdale next, of course, but the overall run of fixtures looks looks like one which could benefit Walsall. You got Rochdale in twenty second, then you've got Blackpool in eighth place. Uh, AFC Wimbledon rock bottom of the table, twenty fourth. Coventry in eleventh, then Bradford City in twenty first. I mean, that's a big run of games. Could it be a season-defining run of games? Probably a season-defining, isn't it, that run of games? Um, <clears throat> wow, they're big games. I mean, the, the away ones... Uh, the away ones, not as much, but... I mean, they're all big now, but... I mean, you look at it, Rochdale... Last three games of the Bankses, I think Rochdale have won two of them 3-0 and the other one 2-0. Um, they always do a job at Walsall at the Bankses. They're below them in the table. Walsall need to win that game. And they need to win that game. Walsall fans deserve to see their team beating Rochdale at home. It's been a long time. Um, and they, they've got, like, they've got the points against Gillingham. They didn't get, get them against Plymouth. They've got to get the, beat the teams below them. They've got yeah. to, because the gap is closing. They're like, it's really, those teams at the bottom have picked up form. Um, Walsall are being sucked in. Huge, huge game. Huge game. Blackpool's an interesting one because they get no fans anymore because they're all staying away for the Oysters. Yeah. Um, so you start well there. Um, get the fans. Get the fans which are there turning against. Yeah, them. and then I mean you're on to an absolute winner, isn't it? They're not going to get. They are not going to get that boost from the crowd. If it, if if let's say Walsall went two 0 up, and then Blackpool got one back to two one, that you know that raw you get when suddenly yeah. momentum's with you. You don't get that now at Blackpool. Mm. Um, so it's a massive opportunity that. Massive opportunity. Rochdale, huge game, got to win it. Blackpool, massive opportunity. And then is it Wimbledon after that? AFC well, Wimbledon. rock bottom Wimbledon. I mean, like... We're not being helped by the fact they're on a good little FA Cup run, though. No, they're on a good FA Cup run, yeah. But, I mean, they are adrift at the bottom now. Yeah. Um, obligatory, Lyle Tyler mentioned, because I seem to mention him in every podcast. He kept them up. Like, as simple as that the last couple of years. Lyle Taylor kept them up. Um, he's obviously at Charlton now smashing them in they'll probably fire them up um, 
There's no Lyle Taylor. Wimbledon at the bottom of the league, struggling. I mean, that is just massive. You've got to win that game. You've got to win that game. There's, look, three, three games, Walsall should come through those three games unbeaten. Yeah. There's no reason why not. There's absolutely no reason why not. Rochdale home, Wimbledon home, Blackpool away. Get results. There's no reason why you can't get results from those games. They are more than, more than good enough. More than good enough. The big worry <clears> is, I suppose, if if you don't get a result in that Wimbledon game, how big of a psychological blow is that? Yeah, well, huge. I mean, what happened against Wimbledon last season at home, 2-0 up, lost 3-2. Um, I mean, they did rally and did stay up, but just no excuse now. There's no excuse. It's gone on. To, it's all gone on too long. Like performance, I, I, I genuinely see it the way Keith sees it. That's probably why I enjoy working with him so much. Because, and I'm not saying that to big me up to compare me. To, I'm just saying, like, I genuinely see the games as he sees them. They're they're, they're doing all right. They're playing okay. They're just they're just getting punished for these mistakes. And if they can just cut them out, they'll be fine. But. Now it's like crunch time. No, mm. no excuses anymore. Like you've got to do, you've got to cut out the mistakes for these games because otherwise, they are in they are in a real this real sticky situation. So then, three games, Joe. <clears throat> how many points do Walsall need to take? Need six, should get seven. You reckon they'll do it? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I I, I like the signings. I think this boosted the place. Look, fingers crossed, next 24 hours, 36 hours, we'll get someone else in. Um, but I think, um, I think they'll, um, yeah, I think they'll be a lot more assured. I like this, I like Cameron Norman coming in at right back. He looks, he looks no, no, no nonsense to me, mm. but I like Devlin in front of him. I think that's a good little, that's what Wolves will need to do now. They need to shore things up, keep things as tight as they possibly can, and then basically get the ball to Matt Jarvis and Andy Cook, it's gonna, it's got to be as simple as that at the minute because they have their quality is there, is there for everyone to see. Yeah. Whether it's Dobson, whether it's Edwards, whether it's Os- Osborne bursting forward from midfield, Devlin can burst down that right hand side. Let's just keep things very, very basic at the back. Get Devlin driving forward on the right. Get Jarvis whipping in balls on the left. Get Edwards bursting through from midfield, and then get Cook sticking the ball in the back of the net. It's, it's so, it's so simple. It sounds so easy, but. There's, there's no reason why they can't do that. And I, I do think they will do that. <clears throat> right. Give me, to finish up, a score prediction for the Rochdale game. I think it'll be Walsall. I, I think it'll be 2-1 Walsall. 2-1? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go for a, a, for, a, for a very tense 1-0 Walsall win. Oh, clean sheet. Yeah. I'll I'm, tell you what, mate, that would be bloody tense. It will be tense because it always is a Walsall. I think it'll be an early Walsall goal and it'll be... <laughs> the rest of the game just praying or not praying but clinging on and yeah I think they probably could dominate the game but it's just one of them where one goal is never enough yeah but they cling on to it they cling on to it Dan Scar with some like heroic they'll be they'll be like a goal line like a goal line block or something yeah Yeah, there'll be something like that yeah I think so I think they'll win the game I think they'll get a point at Blackpool and I think they'll beat Wimbledon and then results against Coventry and Bradford Coventry is going to be hard. Um, hard game away from home. I like the signings they've made. Coventry, Brighton and Bakari. I mean, that's a good signing for them. I mean, they're bigging him up as a Premier League player. I mean, that's quite a claim. Yeah, that is a claim. Um, but it'll, it'll, they got that other lad on loan from Derby. He's a really good player. I think that's a tough game, Coventry. Um, then Bradford. Bradford have got to be like God Almighty. There's got to be something back for that trip to Valley Parade yeah. when. Fans have stood there in iced rain, 
jacked it in in the second half, lost 4 0. I mean, like, it was horrible, absolutely horrible. So, I mean, the players owe the fans a performance against Bradford. Um, they really, really do. So, look, let's hope by the time we get through those four games, should be, should five games, should be in a much, much better position. Should be. Yes, very much so. And we'll finish up, um, Joe. We've got a special request from Mr. Craig Hollyhead. Um, he emailed in uh, to ask us to promote his London Marathon run. Um, <laughs> he says you would understand if it was a no, but we're nice guys here. We're nice guys. Um, Craig is, is running the London Marathon for children with cancer. It's his first marathon at the age of 50. He's been a fan of Walsall for 40 years. Uh, the race, of course, is on the 28th of April. He's aiming to raise £6,000 with two other people. Um, he has popped across his Just Giving link. So if um, if you do have any money spare, um, I'm sure he'd appreciate anything. It's um, uh, You know what? We'll publish, we'll publish the link. Yeah, we'll put the we'll Just publish, Giving link with, us, with the podcast. We'll publish the link <laughs> with the podcast because if I read this out, it's, it's, it's going to take me about two minutes and no one will, no one will write it down. Yeah. So we'll include the link um, in there, Craig, to make sure that... Um, we give it at least a little bit of publicity because you know it's a good cause and obviously um, first obviously, marathon as well. Like fair play to him, that's a right. It's a great cause and he's. Have you ever run one? No, I haven't. No, I've done two halves before. Does that count as one whole? No, definitely not. I struggled. I struggled after my second half marathon. I said after that I was retiring from long distance running. Did you? Yeah. Caused me all sorts of hip problems. Oh, sound like an eight year old. I don't think I'll ever do. I don't think I've got any desire to do one. You know what it was? I did the first one. Um, it was almost a bet between me and someone I used to work with. The second one I got roped in here by Nathan Judah. He said, you've run a half marathon before. We're doing another one. I was like, oh, well, I don't really want to, but I've already signed you up. So I had to go and do it. Yeah, um, that's nice of him, isn't it? Yeah, he's always putting me first. Um, <laughs> but no, um, good luck with that, Craig. And um, fingers crossed we can help raise some money for you. But that about wraps it up from us Joe unless you've got anything else to add no 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 all good mate all good huge few weeks ahead well, huge 24 hours ahead first and foremost in that deadline day and then yeah big some big big weeks ahead big big, big weeks, weeks ahead. massive February is massive February's massive you know why my birthday is February 17th is right? it how old are you going to be uh, 29 so young aren't you oh, it's not young so young I'm, I'm starting to feel older now because um, some of the some of the people because I, I play for, I play basketball for a team had some people join. They're like 22. I was like, "Jeez, yeah. you are young." They running rings around you. Nah, I'm still still leading the way, mate. Still leading the way. <laughs> still leading the way. Crookable years yet. Um, when my legs give up on me, that's when I start to struggle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, no, that just about does it from us. Um, from everyone here at the Best Got Beat, we hope you enjoyed listening. Um, thank you to Joe. You're very welcome. Glad and to be back. Glad to have you back, mate. And thank you to everyone for listening. <laughs>